Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to an episode of the Moderately Athletic Podcast. As always, I am your host, Sam Wontok, joined by Ethan Decker and Tyler Noctical. And we've got some reacting to do. Fellas, how are we doing on this Wednesday evening? Feeling great. Feeling really good. It's been a great yeah. it's been a great week for for me. A huge win in fantasy, a Vikings win. You know, Tyler might feel otherwise, but you know, I'll let him elaborate on that. You know, I was just so hungry for football, and you know what? Week went. Week one really hit the spot. I will say, it there like for being week one, there was obviously some sloppy games, but which you would expect. But there were still some good games. Um, unfortunately, probably we didn't get to see the best game of the week, which was Lions and Eagles, which we'll talk definitely talk about later. But um, yeah, this. Uh, just happy to have football back, and yeah, the Packers lost, but any real Packer fan should expect that. They're, yeah. Yeah. We weren't... Well, ones that are delusional might have expected a win, but Oh God. rational human beings would have expected the opposite. You know, I won't, I won't disrespect any Packer fan, fans out there, but it's like, you know, it's time to be practical. These wide receivers just weren't ready, and it, that's what it kind of came down to. And some pretty sloppy defense, but we'll we'll get into that a little later. Sounds sounds good, but because it's like how you mentioned Tyler, football being back was like a nice juicy steak that we got to tear our teeth into yeah. and enjoy. Similar to the juicy wet turf that was used during the Forty ers and Bears game. Uh, you know, uh, we we had all picked this game as a lock thinking, you know, there's no way that that the 49ers lose to the Chicago Bears. And, you know, because it, it took an act of God to to keep the Niners down, honestly. Uh, boys, uh, so what are we thinking about it? You know, this, I don't know if it's like a saying or something, but if there is, it goes that rain is the great equalizer when it comes to football games. It is... It's, it can bring a great team, a potentially great team like the 49ers, and drag it, drag them all the way down to below the Bears level. And, you know, it, did I think the 49ers look bad? Yeah, I do. Do I think that it should be something that, like, should be a concern? Not really. You know, I, I'm more worried about that offensive line than anything. They gave up a lot of pressures, and to a a front seven of the Bears that really doesn't excite me. And you know, the the Forty ers front seven or defensive line even barely got any pressures. And you know, you could blame that on the weather. You know, no get off. the The ground was practically moving underneath them. But on the flip side, the Bears had a pretty successful pass attack, um, and you know it's it's clear that watching the game that the 49ers were not ready to play from behind. They were just not, and you know once they did get behind, that's when it started raining and downpouring, and it's it's not only hard to game plan for that, but when you're not game planning to play from behind, that's that's even worse. So you might. One might think that the 49ers kind of went into week one thinking, 
they got an easy dub against the Chicago Bears, and you know, rightfully so. I think ninety percent of NFL fans expected that, but maybe a little bit of arrogance, maybe the rain, kind of you know swayed the game t- towards the Bears. But I don't think it's too much to overreact over. Uh, you know, week one losses just for good teams. It, it it's just not something to worry about. I think, but I. I legitimately am worried about that offensive line, especially the right side. Um, uh, what's his name? McGlitchy. He oh, he yeah. did not look good. He did not look good. Whatever, what, whether it be the weather or just the assignment, I think he was going up against a rookie. It, yeah, I don't know what. It, usually he's solid, but he did not play good. And you know, when you have a rookie quarterback, you got to be able to protect the edge. So. That definitely play into it, but I uh, just one last thing. Justin Fields, you know, didn't have, you know, I I really wouldn't say he had a great day. He had two plays that just kind of exploded, right, for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And without those two plays, obviously, you know, there's absolutely zero offense. But those two plays, that one where he went across the field to Pettis, that was just such. A savvy heads-up football play from him, and I really, I I was really impressed seeing that play and how it broke down. So, I, if I if I do have to give Justin Fields a, com- a compliment, he did a really good job with that. Because I am happy that you brought that up because because there are a lot of people who I saw on TikTok. Obviously, it's TikTok, so they have no like you know Life. basis to make the claims they uh, are, yeah, 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 or to be validated as such. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, there were a lot of people that were overreacting to this game, saying that oh, Justin Fields is elite, or uh, Trey Lance should be benched. And again, it's week one, mm-hmm. and this was week one in like the worst weather conditions possible. Yeah. So and it, there's there's just no basis. And just looking this. at the stats, you know, it like the the 49ers had over 130 yards more than the Bears total yards so it's like you know taking that into account it's like it's just not something to worry about with the 49ers or overreact for with the Bears so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Decker anything to add yeah I was gonna say like this is just such a tough game to really judge yeah based off field conditions alone um you know if there's one thing I would like to see cleaned up would would be and again, it's just tough to tell with the weather that was coming down throughout the entire game. But I would like to see Trey Lance make smarter decisions. Yeah, like you kind of could see you could you could see that pick to Eddie Jackson, for example, was one that was highlighted, you know, pregame on Sunday morning where they were showing all yeah. the mistakes and the bad reads he had throughout his rookie year, and then he goes and does it week one. I mean, where he threw into like he just that, overthrew that. Uh, I don't know. I would have to disagree. I think that that play Eddie Jackson made was. Very, very good. Like that's a very high skill play. It it wasn't really thrown into double coverage. It was just if you look at it, it was just a phenomenal play by Eddie Jackson. The way he broke on that ball, and like it, like Eddie Jackson hasn't played like that in a couple years now. So when you take that into consideration, but like, like I get what you're coming from, but I just have to like I personally I think that was just a really really good play, a defensive play by Eddie Jackson. Was it the best throw to make? Absolutely not. But, you know, I, I think a better QB could have put that in a spot where 
the uh, wide receiver could have caught that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly uh, spots to learn yeah. for both QBs, yeah. Lance and Fields. Um, and there's another guy who is still learning how to be a better QB. I'm, I'm actually two in this next matchup. That is Mr. Tua and Mr. Jones. And it was the Patriots versus the Dolphins. Um, not one that was very surprising, considering that a defensive coordinator was calling plays for an offense. Uh, boys, what are we thinking about this game? Yeah. Oh, you hit it right. I mean, with Patricia and or Patricia slash Joe Judge having their intake on the offense, it looked exactly like what we thought it would be, which was an absolute train wreck for the most part. Um, you know, Mac just, you know, Dolphins defense got, I think, what was it, two touchdowns, I believe? Or they got, I know for the for sure got a fumble recovery and they got two, two sacks, a couple, of, a couple of picks in there, some fumble recoveries. Mac Jones and, and that entire offense just looked like a just looked like a disaster, and you know, Patriots or Dolphins offense, excuse me, you know they had their moments. Tua, like what we thought was going to have, he was going to have some good throws. He had some bad throws. Waddle and Tyreek, for the most part, were very very good. Um, but it's kind of this one's kind of another tough one to see. Like you know, obviously the Dolphins, for the most part, a lot of people will say they look dominant, all that, but. I don't know. I think the Patriots were just that bad week one. Yeah. And I don't. I don't really know. It's, I'm still. I'm still in the middle ground of where where to judge the Miami after week one. But me too. I mean, nonetheless. You know, yeah. Looking offensively, like total yards, Miami just over three hundred, and Patriots two seventy. So I mean, it's it's pretty close. Most of those yards, I don't. I don't know if they were made up in garbage time or not. I didn't watch them until the end. You know, it's offensively, you know, they seem to be kind of, like, about the same. But I think what it really came down to was just the turnovers. You know, Patriots had three turnovers, one pick and two fumbles lost. And um, I think one of them didn't uh, Matt get strip-sacked for a touchdown. Yeah, I think that was like right in their Ingram. own five-yard line. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Ob- like, obviously, like, you know take that away it's a one score game so just that alone it's yeah so i mean i think it's a lot closer than some people may think like to a numbers wise looked like he had an impressive day but just looking at film it's <laughs> just the one the one clip that you know came out of that game was tyreek hill running up the seam and Tua being just a little rushed and throwing the ball, and it landed about 10 yards shy of Tyreek Hill wide open up the seam. Yeah, there was a second clip I saw similar where it actually looked like I'm like Hill was playing defense because it was so underthrown. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, his arm strength is definitely a liability. Um, and, you know, Tyreek Hill said to himself that he he doesn't have the the arm Patrick Mahomes does, but supposedly he he has better accuracy. But that I I don't know. So no. and no. Patrick Mahomes surely proved otherwise this weekend. But uh, nonetheless, Tua. I think Tua is gonna hold this offense back. Like, um, 
I obviously they neither teams were able to really get anything going on the ground, and I'm kind of surprising the Dolphins like barely got anything on the ground. Um, like their leading rusher was Chase Edmonds for 25 yards off of 12 carries, like that's yeah. that's not good, obviously. And you know we kind of we were kind of highlighting this the Miami weapons versus the Patriots secondary and you know looking back on it I would say that the the Dolphins weapons definitely won this battle um, the, even with a semi-incompetent Tua so yeah I'm, I'm just not sold on Tua no. yeah I, I think that's definitely a very uh, shared uh, sentiment I mean especially when when he got the guy who's the best deep ball, uh, I mean, receiver in the league, and he can't really get the ball to him. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely making the making the offense less dynamic, but I'm sure that they can easily game plan around that to make it mm-hmm. throws that Tua can make. So I do think the Dolphins could be successful this year, um, but um, that's going to be up to game planning at this point. Uh, moving on, we have the uh, Steelers versus the Bengals. Uh, I, I, I'm in a game that was quite exciting at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, um, I guess a little prompt I wanted to ask you guys was, should we be concerned about um, Burrow throwing four picks or just the Bengals in general after that performance just with the amount of bad reads that, 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 that Burrow made week one? Um, go ahead, Dick. I wouldn't say I'm too worried about Burrow yet. I would say one thing I am worried about is what we saw based off the eye test, and that was Lyle Collins, who, when facing <laughs> a elite edge rusher, or you know, and T.J. Watt before he got hurt, was just lost. I mean, T.J. Watt was just all over him, and Watt was at Burrow in a second, you know. Um. Otherwise, old line wise, I mean, like Ted Karras, their center, and Alex Kappa, you know, pretty solid games. But Burrow was pressured a lot, um, and you know, a lot of it was was bad decisions. I, I'm not too worried yet. If this continues for like another two, three weeks, then maybe I'll, I'll start getting there. But you know, he, he lost T. Higgins early in the game with a concussion, so he was it was Jamar or nothing at that point. Um, it was definitely a game the Bengals should have had. Um, you know, they lost their long snapper, so they went to a backup third third or fourth string tight end to be their long snapper with high snaps, and McPherson could have had him drilled, and the game could have been won. But, and then from the Steelers' point, it's, the defense looked very, very, very good. Um, yeah. Even when T.J. Watt went down, sure, it got a little bit sloppy after that, and like the secondary-wise, giving up that last, that late drive to give up a touchdown to send it to overtime. But I was very impressed with their defense. Um, Offensive-wise, Trubisky looked about like what we were going to expect from Trubisky for the most part. There's a couple big throws in there, a couple just, you know, very off throws. Um, could, I mean, like we talked about in our projection episode, um, in the preview, it was the O-line just wasn't there. Um, Najee, when he was, before he went out, couldn't get anything going on the ground game, and, and Trubisky was getting moments where he was getting highly pressured, so... Um, I think that'll continue to be a, a sore spot for the for the Steelers is that O line, um, but nonetheless they end up you know 
by luck's chance, they pull out a gritty win in Cincy with off the leg of Boswell to to end overtime. So we'll see where they go from there. Yeah, agreed. Tyler. Yeah, nothing like uh, nothing like a great way to like start off like a hot like a hot like the hot take that I had with the Rams and the Bengals losing Week One in pretty dramatic fashion with the Rams being a blowout and the um, <laughs> Bengals being losing to a pretty uh, bad uh, what we thought was going to be a bad Steelers team. Now, this the Steelers defense is back. They looked really, really good. Um, you know, just Tomlin's got them coached up so well. And, you know, some people are saying that this is going to be the year that they fall below. Uh, fall below 500, but man, if that defense keeps playing like that, I don't know. And to go back to the Burrow thing, you, I am worried about Burrow. Uh, it was going up against a good defense, but I I thought this O-line was supposed to be like this brand spanking new, new and improved, no one's stopping it. And like, yeah, Dex said it, Lyle Collins did not look good at all. And um, their left guard, what was it? what's his name? I'm looking uh, it up. Uh, Cap was at right guard, and it was uh, uh, Cordell Volson. Volson, yeah. He got absolutely destroyed on the inside. And it's it's like, you know, he, we went into the season expecting this uh, offensive line to do so much better. But um, granted, the pass rush and run defense of the Steelers is really, really good. We didn't expect it to be. But this O-line should have performed much, much better with how much praise we were giving them before the season. So I... And it's we can't put all the blame on this offensive line for the mistakes that Burrow made. So I am a little worried about Burrow, and I think that this is like the the best time to say to to end the debate if who's between Burrow and Herbert. It's it's Herbert by a mile. Like th- these are the type of games that just goes to show mm-hmm. that Herbert is just the much better talent so um, but I, I like going back to it I give props to that Steelers defense that offense did not look good though um, offensive line is still in my mind a bottom three offensive line um, wasn't really impressed with the Bengals defense though so yeah yep I would agree with that entirely um, it's because the defense can play as well as it has been uh it's not even that like the offense needs to be spectacular because like Trubisky can be a game manager and kind of like keep them in line and they'll win a fair amount of games um uh, plus i think that burrow might be going through a similar thing that like mahomes had i think it was the beginning of last year where like he almost became too cocky with like what he could do that like cause 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 the Mahomes destroying like so many picks to start last year that maybe maybe it's a similar trend but obviously it's week 1 we'll have to uh wait and see and get more more uh points of data one thing that we have plenty of points of data for is that the Atlanta Falcons love to choke <laughs> everything Saints versus Falcons it's a tale as old as time. Uh, Falcons get up. Falcons get down. 
you know, do you think? Just I'll I'll keep it brief. But I I'm pretty impressed with how the Falcons played, even though they did lose. I thought that the Saints team was gonna just absolutely destroy them and like, you know, choking leads is the Falcons' way, but unless they still played a good game and if it not had been a kick at the end, they would have won it. And those are super rare. So, um, but I, I'm worried about, I'm worried and not worried about this Saints offense. I'm worried that they couldn't get anything going on the ground, um, especially against this Atlanta defense. It, it is not, still not good, but, you know, I can understand why it happened. Divisional game, week one, you know, you don't know what to expect. So, uh, props to Arthur Smith, though. He really coached a really good game. So, um, yeah, that's my two cents. Yeah, for the team on paper, it's like, because uh, I think we had said that, like, the Bears and the Falcons were by far the worst yeah. two teams on paper this year. And sure, the Bears won. But the Falcons yeah. look much better. I, Granted, I, rain, I will also say still, um, Marcus Mariota looked really, really good in the preseason, and he's and he carried that over to Week One pretty well. So props to him too. Mm-hmm. Decker, anything to add? Yeah, no, I like, I was very impressed with the Falcons too. Um, the biggest takeaway for me from this was just how well the mm-hmm. Falcons ran on that Saints team. I mean, Cordero Patterson went for over a hundred. Sure, he had a lot of volume, but I don't think any of us would have thought that Cordell Patterson would run over a uh, hundred on that on that. What's his uh, nickname again? Like the Rusty line. Swiss Army knife or something like that. Is, is that not his nickname? I'm pretty sure it is. I, I I thought that was Taysom Hill was like the Swiss Army. I don't know. Knife. I just Where's thought it's because he's old. From? <laughs> Taysom Hill's the Taysom Hill can be the Mormon Swiss oh. Army knife or something like that. If. <laughs> Uh, he went to BYU. Is he yeah, that makes sense. Oh, oh, you know what? I did not know that. He... Okay, well, Sam's Googling that. Um, what were we talking Oh, yeah, Cordero. I, you know, the, the Saints yeah. defense, man, like Decker, like we both expected the Saints defense to be really stinking good, especially with their secondary. And, you know, it, it did not look good. Like, they got kind of exposed against a very below, like, mediocre at best Falcons offense and a, like, 30-something year old uh, Cordero and just a really unimpressive offensive line. So, um, I, yeah. And I know we talked about this. I know we talked about it during the game as well, but a question for debate is, too, is you know, is Cam Jones yeah. starting to take a, is he starting to take a step back? Because something just seems off. I mean, him and Marcus Davenport were both very below average in this game. Um, as far as coming off the edge, and then David on. on no, I can't imagine middle. they. I don't know if they played, played preseason or not. Maybe that had something to do with that. They just weren't ready for the game speed and like. Good teams are kind of prepared to lose week one when they don't start their starters. Do they want to? Obviously not. But, you know. But it's just like with a veteran like Cam, you just—it's not something you would expect him to not be ready. So it's like, 
Has he finally kind of taken this turn and started going downhill a little bit? I guess we'll see if his production really halt comes to a halt this year. But yeah. All right, so I did find what I was looking for on a page that that uh, that's quite interesting. It's called Mormon Wiki. I, I, I did not know that the Mormons had a wiki page. Um, and, and yes, he is a member of, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And apparently he did a full-time mission to yeah, Sydney, that, Australia. He joined, to try and recruit. he started playing in the NFL when he was like, what, 24, 25? Yeah. He joined really late. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, let's see here. This is this is yeah. This is too. Yeah, he was this is too much about Taysom Hill. No one cares about Taysom Hill, even though he did score a touchdown. But this is too much. Next. That's fair. I, he scored two, right? Well, good for. Yeah. Good for the well, Mormon Swiss so Army like, knife. Yeah, if you score one. Yeah. Now, if you get one touchdown, you get some time. But if you score two touchdowns, okay. But we read real quick, real page. quick. What is the Saints' obsession and Taysom Hill? What is it with this guy? I don't understand. <laughs> um, just Mister yeah, Do It All. Yeah, because to be honest, I thought that like his usage would die off with Sean Payton, but uh, it seems like, uh, yeah, you can take the Sean Payton out of the. Um, Saints, but you can't. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Uh, and moving on. Um, I think I messed up that phrase. <laughs> uh, okay, Browns versus Panthers. To be honest, this th- this is a game that I know very little about, besides the fact that people were mad about like this like ref rule that happened, like where they like fake spiked it and then they spiked it again, which which apparently is a flag. And then the Browns won with a Cade York field goal. Uh, it sounds like a spoiled Baker yeah. Mayfield uh, chance to, um, to, um, to, um, to get some revenge. Boys, uh, do you guys see anything about this game? I mean, just based off my gut instinct, I can just tell that this entire offense, the entire game plan, they're going to ride with it. It's just going to be how much use can we just get out of Chubb and Hunt without Jacoby having to throw a lot. Um, they, you know, Chubb went for I believe it was like one, yep. uh, one twenty in that area. I know Kareem went for forty six on eleven, and then had four catches for twenty four in a touchdown, and he, and he had a rushing touchdown. And then Chubb went for it was one forty one. Okay, so almost two hundred yards combined rushing for both of them. And um, you know, Grant, when you have an old line like when you can run behind Wyatt Teller, who is the number one graded guard of the week. Um, Tackle-wise, Jedrick Wills had a very bad week. But, um, yeah, I think the Browns, their their defense, especially, I mean, Miles Garrett on Iki Iquanu was, you know, unfair, which we all which we all predicted and saw. Um, it, it's, it's just tough for me. Just still, I mean, week one's such a tough week to really truly know about teams. But, I'm, you know, nobody's really sold on Cleveland. I'm not sold on Carolina. If I had a Carolina take, I would just say you know, you know CMC wasn't great. I wonder if he you know he should be able to yeah. hopefully pick it up, and you know receiver wise too like Robbie Anderson got the love out of that. Tyler, I know you got DJ yeah. on your fancy team. I still won Morris this week. I mean, I do have amp, to say you know, um, PFF they they put out that like the Browns had I 
the most. I forget. Okay, now I forget what it was. It was either like the like the most or every single like defensive, and it probably wasn't every single, but they had the most defensive plays covered, like the best they could be covered. Like so, like I don't know exactly how they graded, but basically that means they just shut down the uh, Panthers wide receivers and. Um, going into this game, it's kind of what have I expected. I expected this secondary to play really well, um, and this front seven not to. But I mean, Miles Garrett just on Icky the whole game just uh, just assaulted him. It's just not not a great matchup for your first game in the league, and you know it's it's it was a tough draw for him. And but on the other hand, Morton on the other side. Um, or Moulton, um, didn't play much better against Jadavian. So, I, you know, I thought that there was a chance for both teams to have really impressive rushing stats just because I wasn't in love with, I well, I, I really like the Browns' offensive line, and I just don't like their front seven outside of Jadavian and Miles Garrett and maybe JOK. So I thought that CMC would be able to have a decent running game, but... No, that didn't really add up to anything. So, um, a little disappointed. Um, Baker didn't get his revenge game. I'd really like to see like the the tweets of what he would say. But you know, you can't can't get everything you want in life, and a Baker revenge win just wasn't in the cards. So, um, not a really exciting game to be honest with you. Even though it did come down to the last second. Yeah, it would have been really nice to have seen a Baker revenge game. I do agree. I mean, I've always been a Baker fan uh, to a certain extent. Um, but I think it's a really good sign for the Browns, the fact that they can pretty much, like, run through the league until, like, week yeah. 11. I think it's Deshaun Watson back because if yeah. they can do what they did this week, there is a chance that – that that this team could I mean we make it to the playoffs. We, we still gotta like check a and see like seed. how many stacked boxes they were going against with the Panthers. But I definitely expected more from the Panthers defense, especially their front seven. Uh, but I that just goes to show how good this Browns offensive line and rushing attack attack is and um, Nick Chubb just definitely looks like the best running back skill wise in the league. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, and on a move on, um, we have what many would consider to be the best roster in the NFL right now on paper. And a team that became the heart and soul of, of many people with an HBO subscription. And they went head-to-head, uh, toe-to-toe, and it was a close one, quite quite surprisingly. That was the Eagles versus the Lions. Um and now for my, uh, I just want to start with this one, for my ten and seven prediction, which I did say that they lose to the Eagles because I'm not stupid, um, but I mean to see how well they played against a very good like what 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 could be like a deep run playoff team, uh, very very promising for for what the season could look like, fellas. What do I you think? think? The, just the Lions are really good week one. Are really good week one team because what was it like two years ago they tied with the with the Cardinals and then I can't remember mm-hmm. what they did last year but I 
I just remember them being a pretty good week one team, but um, no, this was definitely like to me game of the week. Just to see the Lions come out and fight the way they did and claw claw the way they did. And, um, it's you know, Sam, I would have to agree um, actually that it is a really good sign for a ten and seven prediction. I don't think that they're, they're going to get there. And just an interesting stat I looked up or stumbled upon. There were 35 quarterbacks to throw a pass week one. Jalen Hurts had the 33rd uh, average depth of target. And so at 5.1 yards. Yet he was able to throw for, uh, what was it, two like close to 250, I think. I think it so, was like that, yeah. I mean, that just goes to show you, like, how explosive A.J. Brown is, man. Like, he had, what, over 150 yards, was it? I can't remember off the top. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was, like, 130-something. Jalen Hurts, 243. So, I mean, with an average depth of target at, like, that low, this is exactly what I kind of was talking about, what I thought that they would do. They just... Draw up easy plays for Jalen Hurts. Get the ball to these wide receivers' hands and let them run, especially A.J. Brown now. And, you know, they got down to the red zone, and what did they do? They ran it into the end zone with, like, four different running backs like they do. So um, I'm not entirely sold on Jalen Hurts' performance. It's a little bit misleading just because of how productive the wide receivers were. Um all in all, I think this kind of just goes to show you how great, like, how top-tier elite A.J. Brown is. So, And, real quick, um, I know that this line, Lions offense we were kind of hyping up, but I kind of was expecting more from this uh, Eagles defense. So, I mean, I think they I think they only got one turnover yeah, off of Goff pick six, I believe. Yeah, I think it was... Yeah, that pick six. And, yeah. you know, you take that pick six away, mm. you know, it, it's probably a lot closer. So it's like a lot of these games being determined by, like, one or two plays, you know, and it's so um, pretty interesting to see how they would turn out. Yeah, so yeah. it was 10, 10 for 155, AJ Brown went for on yeah, 13 targets. Yeah, that is absolutely insane. Um, and, I mean, a takeaway from this for sure would be Devontae mm-hmm. Smith not having a catch at all. He only had four targets and wasn't able to haul in any of them. So, I mean, that was um, kind of expected, uh-oh. though, and because like, when you think of the passing attack, one definitely uh, definitely was going to be A.J. Brown, and two, I mean, I would definitely say that the second option was Dallas Goddard for sure. And, you know, that put basically um, – uh, Smith at wide receiver three, pretty much. And, yeah, you don't see a lot of wide receiver threes having a whole lot of production, especially when your quarterback is DVOA 5.1 yards. So, or not DVOA, A dot, my bad. Yeah, but like you said, exactly. Yeah, like you said, exactly. I am not sold on Hurts to the slightest yet. Um, 
because on offense they were mm-hmm. able to do exactly what they wanted to do. They, they they ran the script exactly how they wanted it. They ran it down the Lions' throats. They got down to the inside the five and inside the ten, and they ran it in. Everybody, Hurts, Sanders, Gainwell, and yeah. Scott all got rushing touchdowns. Um, so and obviously, Lions yep. got show a lot of heart as they get that from their coach for sure. Um, but they won't be able to do this definitely on a week-to-week basis. And, um, you know, defensive-wise, too, we both expected a lot more, and all of us expected a lot more. But if there was one bright spot, it is that mm-hmm. Jordan Davis yeah. is a is a bad man and, and compliment with, with Fletcher Cox. I am, as a Viking fan, as me and Sam are, I'm scared to death with what – Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox can do this upcoming Monday because they made Frank Ragnow a top ten center in this league. A little boy look like freaking college center out there. He was absolutely atrocious. So there was a yeah. lot. Of, there was a lot of weak spots in that defense, but that interior D line was was definitely a shining bright. Yeah, I definitely hope that Garrett Bradbury uh, talks to Jason Hill about a higher power because he's he's going to need some prayers on his side. Um, so these are two teams that I think we can just kind of like, like just kind of like flash through here because, because we are running a little long, uh, Chiefs and Cardinals, Raiders, Chargers. I think we all said that we thought the Chiefs were going to win and we all said that we thought the Chargers were going to win. Not a whole lot of surprises here. Um, thoughts? to all those people, I don't, I don't know how many people listen to this thing, but to all those people who thought that the Chiefs were going to take a step back without Tyreek Hill in your face because this was just an <laughs> impressive show of dominance by Patrick Mahomes and just this entire Chiefs team in general. Kyler Murray, man, he, like, just, it looks like he doesn't study. Like, missing missing blitz pick, pickups, like pre-snap reads, it's just not there. Like, and... You know, there's all the stats in the world, like, saying he's bad when certain a certain video game has, like, uh, an XP boost on a weekend, and he's lost every single game that, you know, it, it, it's starting to look <laughs> like it's a, like, 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 yeah, he might be not studying, because just, I, I just don't know, but um, I will say this Chiefs defense this pass rush really made it hard on him. Karloftis, the George Karloftis, the rookie, looked really, really good this week. Uh, I'm really impressed with him. I think he has a really good chance as like a dark horse deep uh, defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. Decker, anything to add? Yeah, no. Um, Chiefs are just like you said, no, no step back at all with with Tyreek on. Um, the best fact I did see though was just how hard it is to go up against the Chiefs and 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 Patty and Andy Reid in September. Patty alone in September has a touchdown to interception ratio of forty four to six. So this man coming out of the preseason and starting the year is absolutely perfect. I mean, barely any flaws, and that showed Sunday. I mean, we we all pretty much predicted the Chiefs would be or the Cardinals, sorry, would be taking a major step back and, and just be pretty relevant again this year. And their defense torched. torched. Was atrocious and um you know Chiefs defensive wise too like you said Carlotta's had a good game but on paper too and on PFF both Nick Bolton and Legarius Sneed were 
were very, very good as well. And um, I think they could be taking big steps this year as well. Um, you know, what I hurt was, you know, seeing McDuffie go down and being out for the next four weeks. But the Chiefs are just so so dang good, and the Cardinals are. So uh, dang not. You know, it's tough week one, but but I think this will yeah. be a pretty rough year. This is looking like a little bit. Yeah. Yep. I would definitely agree with that. It's uh, uh, Cardinals. I mean, they no. shouldn't have resigned Kingsbury. I mean, anyone with 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 the IQ <laughs> over seven could have picked up on that one. But uh, okay, now this is just a game that I really want to talk about. Uh, it's a game that means a lot to me personally. Um, Dak, you want to join me on this one? I will. I already, yeah, I definitely knew it. Skull. Skull. Skull, baby. Skull, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Justin Jefferson looks like the man. He is. He is a god in human clothing, and lightning bolts shoot from his fingertips. Uh, I mean, Tyler, I don't want to make you suffer, so we're not going to spend too much time on it. I, I mean, just a hack. I mean, I mean, it had to be said. It had to be said. I don't want to be that guy, but there are plenty of excuses that the Packers can make for just not being able to keep up with the Vikings week one. And, like, like I said before, we, like, like any Browns fan the last 10, 15 years, we expected to lose week one. Like, it's it was just kind of bound to happen. I don't know why in the world we were favored at any point going into this game. Uh, did I think it would be closer? I do. <laughs> do I wish Christian Watson, Watson would have caught that first pass? I do. But, you know, I... <laughs> I'm not too nervous about the Packers. I am nervous about the Vikings as a Packer fan. I think that they looked really damn good on both offense and defense. And, you know, as just a bias uh, or an unbiased sports fan or, you know, football fan, it's kind of like watching. I think they got what it takes to make a deep playoff run here. And, um, it, man, Jefferson just looked fucking phenomenal out there um i i will say packers defenses in the past tend to do that we play just a deep zone just to try to keep everything in front of us like and i think jefferson got over top of us just once but you know it still led to some big plays here and there so um i am a little worried about this defense and not being able to adapt. And so I thought that they were going to be much, much better than what they played. Um, but kind of expected um, the offense to play like they did. So, uh, I, I mean, no, to be fair, ahead. I do think... Oh, sorry, you can take Because you're saying that like you're scared, uh, um, scared for the defense. I, mean, I generally do think that 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 the Packers defense. I do too. I do too. I just expected. I mean, them definitely to play like a top five oh. unit right away, and they did not. Look, like, they they like they're like obviously when Jefferson has a game like that, and the Vikings offense just in general has the game that they did. Like we're gonna be ranked like, like bottom five in the league in pretty much everything every single statistical category, and that's not really what I expected after week one. Um, so, 
but I, I do agree. I think they will bounce back, especially against Justin Fields, um, week two against the Bears. So mm-hmm. we'll just have to see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you, yeah, you're definitely going from a from from you know playing a motorcycle to playing a big wheel. So it should be quite quite favorable. <laughs> Thank you. Anything to add? I will. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take. I was. It. I, did good analogy. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so, Decker. No, I was gonna say. I, I will say, you know, Sam, you can you can add on to this as well. But as someone who's been watching Viking football and going through some pain and misery for about fifteen years now here, this was honestly one of the most refreshing, most fun Viking games I've ever watched in my life, and I mean that genuinely. Coming from just not even on the field, but off the field. Seeing a coach that's involved, smiling, approaching players on the sideline after good plays, going, hugging your quarterback after a big touchdown, patting patting backs on the sideline, just just having a great time out there and being open with everybody. We we the past you know especially because it was just so obvious the past two years, we went through just hell in this organization where it was so hostile in that building where our GM and coach didn't talk through the, out the entire season last year. We had a head coach that didn't talk and watch film with our quarterback until year four. This was just so good to watch off the field. And I was not, you know, I, I, I will say I was not thrilled when we extended Kirk Cousins, when O'Connell and Quasey came in. But after watching week one, I can fully understand why we decided to come up for two more years. And that was because Kirk has never had a coach like this who's invested into him and wants to make him take him to the next level and, and really make him shine. And, man, I tell you, and, and seeing in the post game Kirk be more vocal and act like a leader more and giving out game balls to KOC and Kwesi, I this is the most fun I've really... I mean, there's been some fun times for sure. But what this year can hopefully embark on, I, I'm telling you, it's I'm I'm excited and just seeing us have a modern offense for once. We have been so t- far times behind with our offensive play calling to see Jefferson in motion and, and Irv kicking out in motion, and teams know what we're gonna do. KOC doesn't hide it. We want to give JJ the ball, but teams can't stop it. And the way we put him on, we we put him on linebackers. And the way we're on a Packer linebackers on Sunday and, and you know, defensive ends eventually having to even go out there, edge rushers, trying to do something and just could not be stopped. It was just a blast. And, I mean, <laughs> defensive-wise, just seeing what Daniil and Zadarius can do when they're healthy. And EK, Eric Hendricks looking good out there. And Harry, Harrison Smith, who's 34 now, but looked like he was in the, you know, looking like back when he was 28 out there. I mean, just reading the field great, getting a big-time pick out there on Rodgers. You know, and from the Green Bay side, don't get me wrong, I'm not worried about them. I, I still think Green Bay will be fine. They'll find their way on defense. Rodgers will, Rogers will do Roger things, and that ground attack is, is going to be very lethal. But I tell you what, just I know it's just week one, and, and there's a lot of season left, but this was this was very, very exciting to watch, and I, I'm excited for what the KO Sierra will, will present. God damn it, Deck. If I could slow clap right now, I would. I okay, just... okay, okay. Next mm. game. 
Next game. That, that was music. Next game. Music to my ears. Music to my ears. A bright future in Minnesota. You want to know where a future couldn't seem more dim and it makes me so happy? It's the Dallas Cowboys. Wow, did they look terrible. The only team this week to not score a touchdown and Dak is going to be out for, for eight weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah. It looked really bad. Yeah, Boys, I mean... Thoughts? It came down to kind of what we thought it would with the Cowboys' offensive line just not being able to perform. Uh, the Cowboys' offense was pretty much non-existent. I will say, I wasn't a huge Micah Persons guy uh, last year. Like, obviously I knew he was good, but kind of watching him play, I am just in love with him. He is so freaking good, dude. Like, <laughs> if you could have 11 Micah Parsons on the field, that might be the best defense of all time. Like, that guy is so goddamn fast, so goddamn strong. He's just really, really impressive. Uh, but alas, Cowboys don't have 11 Micah Parsons. They only have one. Um, and you can't win a football game with only one Micah Parson, apparently. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I wasn't too impressed with either team, to be honest with you. Um, Buccaneers were just a little dull, in my opinion, but, uh, I do think that even if Dak stayed healthy, that this game wouldn't really turn out much different. Maybe a touchdown for the Cowboys, but, yeah, I'm, uh, excited to see this Buccaneers offensive they decide to actually turn it on next week because they just kind of looked flat to me for most of the time. Yeah, it did not look great. Decker? Yeah, no, I was not very impressed with Tampa either. And, and if I had one question for Tampa, I would, I would really ask was, was it worth it to yeah. put Godwin out there? I mean, you know, he's coming off he's coming off the ACL mm. tear. They, they, it feels like, you know, even though he practiced and, and, and showed himself out there, you know, was it I would have set him back and then to throw him out there in week one and then not even re-injured the knee, but this is a hammy injury now that's going to sideline him for a little bit. So I, I, I don't think that's really a good management decision there to and coaching decision to put him out there. But um, Brady was some yep. questionable throws at times. I'm sure you know, Brady's Brady. He'll, he'll pick it up. But um, from a Cowboys side, you know, I, I went with, a few episodes ago, I went with a hot take of, I think Dallas could start out very slow, and McCarthy could be gone mid-season. I'm thinking, I'm <laughs> yeah, but starting to feel a little bit more confident in that. I think if now they have really the excuse, in, yeah, but now I'm just kind of afraid that exactly, yeah. exactly that that's what I was gonna say. It's like, yeah, oh, I didn't have Dak. Okay, here's a five-year extension, you Man, fat McCarthy. fuck. I think Good I'll bleep call. that. But anyway, yeah, no, yeah. just I think Dallas at this point, if there's any team that we can, that you know, you want to just overreact on and yeah. pretty much punt on right away, Dallas would be it because now, it, you know, it sounds like they're gonna roll with Cooper Rush, and that that just cannot be a cannot be a recipe for success. So I am very very worried about. Yeah. Sam, boys. do we want to just do quick thoughts on the last couple games? I know we're mm-hmm. kind of getting close to an hour. I was actually just gonna. Jump forward. Well, I want to talk. I want to talk very. I want to talk very briefly about the Giants and Titans, um, because I took Saquon in the third round of the fantasy draft, and you know, 
God blessed me with rookie year Saquon falling into my lap. He looked like a man possessed. And the the Titans' offensive line didn't even play good. Like, that's the amazing thing. They, they did not look good. Evan Neal looked horrible, and he had much, much higher expectations going into this season. Yeah. And so, like, Saquon, for... Just looking at a fantasy perspective, I think he could be a top three running back. Back to like a top three running back this year, because this Titans defense, like we said last episode, this Titans defense was the best rush defense last year, and to see them get exposed that badly on a Saquon coming back from multiple injuries, it's just like I had the Titans being good, which kind of bums me out, but it's just so sweet seeing Saquon be good again and I love Dable's call to go for two like the cojones on him I respect the shit out of that Bullock should be gone I think but um, uh, I also like Vrabel a lot but um, and like Tannehill played a good game like he was very efficient with the ball I am very concerned about Derrick Henry uh, I thought that he would come out and play really, really well. He did not. Uh, this Titans O-line did not look good against a Titans defense that is very, very bad, in my opinion, still. So, um, uh, kind of just like closing thoughts. Saquon good, Titans bad. Yep, I would agree. Plus, plus as a man that drafted Saquon his rookie season in fantasy, I only want the best for that man. He, I mean, he carried me to a fourth-place finish. Decker? Yeah, no, not much to say other than what Tyler said, but, you know, Evan Neal looked awful. Okay, yeah. Andrew, Andrew Thomas, Thomas did, did look very good. Yep. Um, which is shocking, which is one. shocking, but, considering yeah, his one. rookie year, but he's played really well the last couple of years. Exactly. Uh, Saquon, yeah, it's good to see him, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. knock on wood. Um, an injury doesn't pop up, but he looked fantastic. Um Dable, I think, will quickly become a fan yeah. favorite in the, with with the Giants organization and the fan base, just off what he did. But yeah, Titans, I'm very concerned about. I was I was scared to death because I was going up against Derrick Henry in fantasy this week, so I was scared to death about it. But he only had about 80 80 yards rushing. Um, he get, he definitely got his volume, but did nothing on the ground for the most part than what we expected. So a little bit of worry with the Titans, yep, but good for the Giants. Um, mm-hmm. Are we gonna talk about yep. like Chargers, Chiefs, or Jags Commanders? We did talk about Chargers Chiefs. We or, or Chargers, Chiefs sorry, Chargers Raiders. Just a quick oh. thought on that. Quick thought. Oh, sorry, no, I, I missed the okay. That's it. And Jags command, Jags okay. Commanders. Yeah. Um, that's, that's Carson that's Wentz. Reasonable. Good question mark. Nah, I don't think so. Nah, I don't like Carson. He played Wentz. really well. He played I think really well. He just really got lucky. But. Okay. And then uh, to um, to wrap, we have Monday night. Uh, Tyler, you had picked the Broncos as one of your locks this week, which, I mean, I can't quote exactly what you said, but this is pretty close. You said, I just don't see any possible way that that the teams that, well, that I uh, picked to that's lose why they're locks. will win. So I'm guessing that you. I did not see, see the Geno, yeah. the Geno Smith masterclass coming. Okay. Yeah. No, the number but here's two the thing. PFF grade. Week one, 
it's a crapshoot. I just, you know, so what? I picked nine games for locks. You know, and with reasonable, like, you know, explanations. You know, Broncos good, Seahawks bad. That's kind of what we all thought. I, you know, I Colts good, Texans bad. What happened there? Oh, they get to the red zone. We didn't talk about that one. They get to the red zone like five times and come away three point with only three points all five or just one time out of those five. You know, it's, I guess, you know, what, is it a bad strategy to pick nine games? Yes. Uh, did I, I guess I, I just, you know, every single week, <laughs> I just don't really have an explanation for it. I just really thought that those nine teams were just like such surefire shots. And the biggest, you know, Colts and Texans just shocked the shit out of me with how inefficient they were in the red zone. And Broncos, Seahawks, man, this Broncos offense just looked horrible. They did not look good. This, they pay Russ all this money, you know, and they don't even trust him with the ball. And, you know, Hackett did say, he should have called timeout and gone for it on fourth. But they didn't. And the fact that it led up to a fourth and five with less than a minute left in the fourth quarter against the Seahawks just goes to show that things aren't really meshing in Denver yet and that this Seahawks team is kind of like I, th- I think they're going to be a lot like the Lions team from last year. I think they're going to have, like, a lot of grit, just a lot of, like, you know, underdog mentality. And um, and I think, you know, Pete Carroll is a lot like Dan Campbell in the way where he can get the best out of his players, like, motivationally. So, um, but, yeah, Geno Smith just had a, an amazing first half. Um, I don't think they – they might have scored, what, three points in the second half and – the Broncos just fell flat, and you know, I, I, I expected them to come out of or begin the season kind of flat, but just not lose to the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. I but there was like an interesting uh, thing that I saw mentioned on the Colin Coward show was that uh, what was that QBs that didn't play in the preseason yeah. were like three and eight or something. Uh, and that was because I, I think there were QBs right. like Kirk Cousins that didn't have to do much. <laughs> they just had to throw Justin Jefferson and they'd win. Um, so, so like, uh, so, so, so it's like, a win lose. You know, they yeah, again, can, they come to the season healthy, but yeah. you know they just they, you know, they don't have the time to establish themselves or establish the connection. So, you know, it it just kind of depends on what kind of week one I you want to have. I do have my concerns about Denver, though. Like, I, I, I yep. hate to overreact after a week one, but I'm very worried about Denver. I just, that defense, especially with Simmons going down now, I, I, I'm very worried for them. And I hate to do this to a coach after his co- head coaching debut. I really do. And feel free to rip me on this if I'm completely wrong, but I just think Hackett's going to be a dud. I really do. I just I just don't think, I think, I think the, the pressure is going to be too much really for him. I think too. there's they were some, so, like, so much to the tight ends when you have Judy and Sutton, like yeah, because 
I remember the start of that game, they were they were talking, like Buck and Aikman were talking about, and they were they interviewed Hackett beforehand in the game, and he goes, we have four tens in this roster. We're going to use all of them. Why? Like frequently or whatever it was. We're going to get all of them involved. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. And I just really think pressure-wise Hackett's going to choke, and, and I hate to do it, but and then afterwards, and they in the, on Monday when they interviewed him, and they go, you know, he was talking about it, and the guy's smirking through it. He wasn't. It's not like there was yeah. no seriousness or, or like passion behind it. The man's smirking through well, it. Well, when you fuck up, I that can be completely bad, wrong. It's, like, it, it's it, like laughing at yourself. I can I can understand that because I I do smile at myself when I fuck yeah. up pretty hard, and you know he he knew he did. Uh, but yeah, Deck, I I am also yeah. really worried about this Broncos defense. I think they're really really overhyped really bad linebacker play, like really, really bad linebacker play. So, yeah, I'm just... Like, Geno Smith yeah, had them I, lost on I the I would say drive. that They were lost. I would say, that. though, that I'm more <laughs> nervous about the Broncos than I am about the Seahawks. I'll, I'll say that much. I think that the Seahawks, although they did play good, I don't think that there's still a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of... Like depth to the team, I guess. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Well, um, that was our reactions to the week one of the NFL season. Obviously, lots of surprises, lots of twists and turns, and uh, I mean that was a really exciting week one, and we have ooh, seventeen ooh. more weeks to go, and we're excited to be on. Yeah, it woot woot exactly took the words out of my mouth and we are excited to be with you on this journey i hope you enjoyed listening uh and you, you know all what sam have a good night the everyone. podcast swiss and army knife you know that oh shucks man <laughs> that was the nicest thing goodbye anyone ever everyone said to me. i'm gonna go to yeah i'm gonna sleep great tonight sleep well yourself as well all those at home Quick side note, just know that we will also be releasing our predictions for week two coming out on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be interesting, hopefully more accurate, and we can't wait to share them with you. Once again, have a good night, everyone. Night, everyone. Night, everyone. Night, everyone.